Welcome to The Film 15. I'm your host, Connor Hibbard. Each episode, I'll be joined by cinephiles to discover a film they're passionate about in the hopes of answering the question, why do we like the movies that we like? This week on The Film 15, I'm interested in the line between authenticity and stylization. Which should a film aim for? Is it better to be completely, even brutally honest in your storytelling, or is a more transcendental approach preferable? After all, film is the visual medium, so why not embrace the art of it all? Of course, every film has a unique visual style, though some films make it more of a focus than others. Everything from Kill Bill to Sin City to, as we've discovered, Wes Anderson's entire filmography create worlds that float above reality in some sort of magical limbo. But should that come at the expense of authenticity? Can films truly reflect reality if they're highly stylized? And is that even a film's purpose? It's a difficult question to answer, and an even more difficult balance to strike, which makes it all the more impressive when a film walks that tightrope successfully. Luckily for us, this week's selection does just that. This is film number 9, Call Me By Your Name. This week's guests wear so many hats that I can't possibly fit them all into one intro. Lou Barron is a writer on Wormhole, a series for Ithaca College Television, and the co-host of 92WICB Second Best Podcast, Your Wednesday Matinee, a Broadway discussion show. She's also an extremely talented dramaturg, writer, and film fanatic. Lou, how are you doing today? I'm good. I Film fanatic. That is, that is quite the uh, alliterative statement. I am, I am known for my alliterativeness. For the ninth episode of the Film 15, Lou has nominated Call Me By Your Name, a 2017 feature by Luca Guadagnino and distributed by Sony Pictures Classics. The film follows 17-year-old Elio, played by Timothy Chalamet, as he embarks on a romantic journey with Oliver, a doctoral student living at Elio's parents' mansion in the Italian countryside. Lou, why do you like this film? I like it for so many reasons. Uh, number one, it's beautiful. It's so just visually appealing and satisfying and the light and the composition. I just feel like I am immersed in a warm hug whenever I watch this movie. <laughs> I, I feel like we all have those moments in life that feel stylized and mm -hmm. feel kind of like above normalcy in a way. And this movie is, is just like, if that moment was your life. This is the one and only movie that I have ever pirated off of the internet mm. because I watched it in theaters in the, the winter of 2018, 19, somewhere around there. And I got home and wanted to watch it again immediately. That's the only time I've ever felt that way about a movie. Also, I just, the pacing of this movie to me is, is impeccable. It's such a slow burn. There are so many little shots throughout that all just kind of build together. And especially on a second watch, a third watch, you can totally see how every single shot builds to where it's going. There's so much beautiful foreshadowing and just the color palette, oh my goodness. And I also love the way the camera always cuts, like this is an editing thing, on the action. Like there are all of these really slow slow moments and when there's kind of more hectic movement in the frame you feel like you're gonna see more of it and then it just cuts away like it mm -hmm. it doesn't allow that like gratification I guess which is a, a theme of 
of this movie for for the majority and then when you do get that catharsis it's like this long scene one take of a scene with Ilio and his father which I guess brings me to the characters so I I love these characters um and I'm also just like obsessed with Timothy Chalamet <laughs> yeah um as one? as I think we all are it's, thus began my obsession with with Timothy Chalamet right and I just the way that they talk and how just kind of erudite and intellectually engaged all of these people are it's just like I want to go there for a summer like I want to go there for a summer in the 80s and hang out with them and have breakfast and go to the river and go to the club and play poker like with the boys in the bar in the morning it's it's kind of a nostalgia i guess for a, a thing that i never experienced in a way like they're just all day they're just reading and enjoying the summer heat and like playing volleyball and i just want to hang out with them it's definitely for many people a sort of wish fulfillment movie. This, if you're oh, looking, totally. if you're looking for love in the Italian countryside, this is yes. Like you said, it's very idyllic landscapes, and the sun is always shining, and it's always beautiful. This is a a, a rich hot movie made about rich hot people for totally. rich hot people. This is totally. <laughs> this, I own that entirely. Yeah, it is highly stylized in a way that that feels like it is it is of some other world just because everyone in this movie especially Ellie and Oliver is so perfectly manicured physically and in this sort of paint landscape that feels like it was painted on by an artist it 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 it, it sort of transcends sort of authentic real cinema kind of kind of deal but it, it transcends that to a more highly stylized story which I appreciate it and I think fits the themes really well. Yeah, and especially when you're talking about the art and, you know, mm-hmm. the light of this movie very much emphasizes the characters, Elio and Oliver, like they are these curved statues that mm-hmm. show up throughout the film as well. Um, and there's all of this kind of parallel. I love it when when movies do this too, when there's, like kind of parallel art that's like woven throughout that has different like metaphorical and thematic like resonance with the the plot um and one of those things is is definitely the archaeological work that elio's dad does and when they go on like a i mean it's not a dig because it's it's the ocean but there's all of this narration of like and their bodies are so perfectly curved or whatever and then it cuts to you know and it just go keeps going back and yeah. forth and this kind of like dance of art and life and it's it's very metaphorical in that way it, it's it's sort of to build on that it is an extremely subtle movie and that is the main takeaway yes. i had yeah. it, it it's a movie that knows how to trust its audience and I hate when movies beat you over the head with something and are way too in your face with its themes and what it's trying to convey. This movie knows how to trust its audience, that, that we can understand small changes in these characters' emotions to, to understand where they are mentally, where they are in, in relation to each other. Um, it's extremely subtle. Timothy Chalamet carries a lot of that with an mm-hmm. extremely nuanced performance 
so extremely good. honest. I didn't expect to like him as much as I did because he's so he, talented. He he's, has this he's sort impeccable. of impeccable. He has this pop culture repu- reputation of like the hot dumb boy right now. But yeah, he really yeah. blew me away in this one. Yeah, and this was really a huge breakout role for him. He mm-hmm. he'd previously been on Homeland, I think, and he'd already done a Broadway play as well at this right. point. But this movie was really his breakout into the A-list celebrity kind of a realm. And so that's, I think it's so funny that this is the movie that really did that for him and brought him to that stage. And now from this like incredibly precocious, intelligent European boy. And now, yeah, I mean, his character in Lady Bird, which came out around the same time is more of the uh, hot dumb boy kind of character but and yeah he did he did do ladybird this same year i forgot about that what a year for him because mm. right those, yeah i believe those were nominated for best picture in the same year and i love they Lady were Bird. and and he was nominated for his performance the movie really kind of askews a traditional plot as well it's more of you're just watching their summer unfold and i think that that is reflected in how you see the characters um mm-hmm. more as as sort of pieces of art um, with, yeah, with, with like you were mentioning with how the, the light catches them in this movie and and all the the parallels between art and their real like bodies. Yeah, but even even as kind of transcendental and artistic as the whole movie is and as these characters are, it still felt it captured the feeling of of summer. Yes. I think. Oh yeah. And it very much captured authentic feelings and authentic yeah, authentic emotions. And and the authentic emotions of these characters too. Like these characters feel both real and not real, I guess, at the same yeah. time. But but it they feel real enough that you feel for them and with them in the the arc of what unfolds. And gorgeous. and you're right they they do feel real enough i think they feel real in the context of the the sort of magical world that they inhabit when when there's nothing but sunlight and you know gorgeous brimming moonlight in the italian Mm -hmm. countryside and they they have not a care in the world and and they sort of feel real in, in in that context if if you're expecting sort of this gritty realistic modern take on gay love like you're probably you're not gonna get that that's movie. not what this is. But yeah. then the great thing is it all comes crashing down and screeching to a halt in the speech that Elio's father gives him. Yeah. Which is as beautiful a monologue as I've ever heard in a movie. I imagine this probably uh, sat with you. So so t- talk to me a little about, about your experience with that monologue. Yeah. I mean, it's so fascinating because... I know now rewatching anytime you rewatch a movie, you know, what's going to happen, but trying to think back to the first time I saw it, you know, no, it it totally comes out of left field if you don't know that it's coming. Um, Because this whole movie really centers around Elio and Oliver and the kind of, will they, won't they summer tension of it all. And throughout though, you do get these, these snapshots that I, I keep talking about of his parents just living their lives as well, mm-hmm. um, which 
you know, maybe on a first watch, you would kind of push aside as just ambiance building. Mm -hmm. But when you when you get to that moment and that scene with Elio and his father, it's so it's like you've been punched in the gut like two minutes before watching um, the goodbye at the train station with Elio and Oliver, which is another just gorgeous, gorgeous moment with no words. There are no words in that scene, which I think is was the correct Perfect. choice absolutely Agreed. um and then you really like Elio was still like not saying words like there's this little scene with marcia where he doesn't say anything really either and yeah. then he gets in with his father who just starts talking and it's so caring and so thoughtful and does not sound like anything anyone would really say and yet it does like and because it's that like emotion still that's so authentic about it and it's I don't know I remember a lot of talk when this movie came out about how no one has to pay for being gay in this movie like so many um like LGBT stories end in tragedy yeah and why does it have to be that way i mean this is sad but it's just sad because they don't end up together it's not sad because someone is dead it's a different kind of of sadness i do appreciate that it is not a sort of tragic lgbt love story it just it it, it, it's about an experience more than it's about some sort of social statement or again and and that goes back to, to be yeah, exactly. It goes back to it not hitting you over the head with a giant, like, social justice mallet. Like, if that's your movie, that's fine. But it it, 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 it trusts its audience, and it, it knows exactly what it is. It's a it beautifully made film, um, and I'm so glad you recommended it. I really enjoyed it um, yeah. in my first time watching it. I can't believe I missed this one when it came out, but I'm glad I get to yeah, return to it now. Yeah, so good. Well, Lou, thank you for coming on the show and thank you for recommending this fantastic film. This was great. Yeah, this was super fun. Thanks for having me. If you think Call Me By Your Name is the most stylized LGBTQ movie out there, then you must not have seen Portrait of a Lady on Fire, directed by Celine Sciamma and distributed by Pyramid Films. This 2019 feature is another extremely subtle take on a budding same-sex romance following an artist who has been commissioned to paint a portrait of a young woman who is soon to be married to a man she's never met. Under the guise of being hired as a companion for walks, the artist, named Marianne, must secretly paint her subject by memory, even as a romantic connection begins to reveal itself. Bursting with bright, burning colors, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is as much about art as it is art, translating its unique vibrancy to a late 18th century setting that perfectly matches the sexual repression that both women struggle with. A movie filled with big, dramatic emotions, Skiyama wisely lets those feelings bubble underneath the surface, careful to never reveal too much about her characters to each other or the audience. Though that emotional subtext may feel buried too deep for some, Portrait of a Lady on Fire gives audiences plenty of visual flash to make up for its lack of overt emotional melodrama. It is currently available on Hulu and a variety of video and demand services. Call Me By Your Name is available with a star subscription and a couple of premium services and a variety of video on demand options. That's all for this week's episode of The Film 15. 
For more film reviews and discussion, you can follow me on Instagram at Connor Talks About Films. I'll be back next week with film number 10. See you soon.